Coming up on Locked on Dodgers, Clayton Kershaw returned and did as well as we could have hoped. The offense continues to show some signs of life, and we'll talk about the Corey Seager conundrum. Let's get Locked on Dodgers. You are Locked on Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Dodger fans. Welcome to Locked On Dodgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. Locked On, your team every day. When you're done listening to this, you can join Walking Baseball Encyclopedia Paul Francis Sullivan Please call him Sully every day on Locked On MLB for a unique look at the majors, both present and past, featuring exciting guest interviews and routine check-ins from the Locked On MLB Network's team of local experts. Subscribe to Locked On MLB today on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Locked On Dodgers is the daily podcast covering the world champion Los Angeles Dodgers, bringing you the smart fans' perspective on our boys in blue. I am Jeff Snyder of Baseball Essential, flying solo again today. Uh, turns out I don't follow football much. I knew that Vince was in Las Vegas for the Raiders game. I assumed that that game had happened on Sunday because, you know, that's when football happens. Turns out they were on Monday night football, which is apparently a thing even during baseball season. I don't know, but so I'm solo again. Vince will hopefully be back with me, uh, tomorrow, but today I'm going to talk about the Dodgers five to one victory over the Diamondbacks. Clayton Kershaw returned, uh, pitched pretty darn well, and maybe even a little bit longer than we might've expected. Uh, going to talk about just kind of the the pitching approach for the Dodgers and talk about the offense. Uh, they had a solid game and it could have been even better. Going to talk about uh, Corey Seager and Trey Turner and, uh, you know, kind of what's in store or, you know, at least the the hard factors going into the decisions the Dodgers have to make this coming offseason. Uh, and then I'm going to get a little bit cheesy with something personal at the end. But that's the plan for today. But first, I want to remind you, please subscribe or follow Locked on Dodgers wherever you get your podcasts, including here on YouTube. If you're watching us here on YouTube, it's our second YouTube episode. And we're happy to be here doing that. Uh, and when you get in your car or sit on your couch, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Dodgers. All right. So Clayton Kershaw, uh, like I said, he returned. The plan coming in was for him to go four innings or 60 pitches. Uh, whichever came first, he was at 49 pitches through four innings and he and Dave Roberts had a conversation in the dugout and uh, they basically stuck to their plan. They, they let Kershaw go one out longer than maybe was their plan. That one out only took one pitch. Uh, I assume the conversation went something like, look, Dave, you're not going to pinch it for me anyway, because it's too early in the game to start burning pinch hitters. So let me hit and then let me go get the pitcher out. And then you can take me out after one more hitter. So they agreed on that. And they stuck to that plan, even though just like in the World Series when they had that plan and then Kershaw got two outs on two pitches. This time he got Zach Gallon on one pitch and then Dave Roberts came out and uh, took him out. You know, obviously, if, if Kershaw had made it through five innings, which, you know, based on the 60 pitches limit, he might have been able to do would have been line for in line for the win. Uh, but ultimately, pitcher wins don't matter. Uh, I guess Phil Bickford ended up getting the win. Uh, so good for him. You know, way to go, Phil Bickford. Uh, pitcher wins don't matter, especially at this point in the season where Kershaw's not going for a Cy Young award or anything anyway. Uh, it's just, it was good to have him back. His velocity was nothing to write home about, sitting about 90. Uh, I noticed he was throwing the slow slider a lot more. Uh, and, and, you know, it, it was really effective. He, it, his slider is usually like, you know, 87 to 89 miles an hour. It was down at uh, 84 or 85 at times. 
Uh, and and it's a, it's got a little bit different shape to it when it goes that slow. And it seemed to be work for him. He got a lot of swings and misses for a guy who wasn't throwing very hard. His curveball looked sharp. His slider looked sharp. I didn't see him throw any change-ups that I noticed. Uh, he's been apparently tinkering with the change-up while he's been injured, uh, but didn't really bust that out uh, at all, I don't think. Uh, definitely not enough to to notice, but uh, a good four and a third innings from Kershaw. And then it was kind of interesting to see their transition to the bullpen uh, after Kershaw. They went with Phil Bickford and then Alex Vesia and then Corey Kniebel, which is relatively a high leverage approach. You know, at that point it was three to one. Kershaw gave up the one run in the first inning. Uh, the Dodgers scored three runs in the bottom of the first, and and then the score stayed three to one for a little while. And so at that point, yeah, it's a it's a pretty high leverage game, I guess. And uh, they were taking that approach. And then by the time the seventh inning was over, the Dodgers up five to one. They scored one run in the sixth and one in the uh, in the no one in the fifth and one in the sixth, maybe. No, yeah, in the sixth and the seventh. So going into the eighth inning, they went with Mitch White and said, basically, okay, you can pitch the last two innings. And I thought that was interesting that just going from three to one to four to one, they still stuck with with Knable, which is you know relatively high leverage. But then that fifth run, well, once you're out of save situation, I guess, then they're like, okay, it's the Diamondbacks and we're up by four runs. I think Mitch White can handle this. I thought that was interesting, not in a bad way at all. Uh, obviously, you want to save your relievers, uh, not overwork them any more than you have to. Uh, Bickford and Vesia came in and, and did a really good job, uh, not without its bumps for either of them, but uh, they both did a really good job getting the outs they needed to, especially Vesia got back-to-back strikeouts uh, when the, the Diamondbacks were threatening a little bit. And so uh, overall, just a really good pitching approach for the Dodgers for the for the whole game, You know, getting four and a third from Kershaw, Obviously, we wouldn't have been shocked if they had only gotten three from Kershaw. Obviously, we they didn't want that. They wanted to get four, uh, and they had a game plan for after that four. Getting four and a third was a little bit of a bonus, but uh, you can't always even count on getting those four. So it was really good that Kershaw was able to do that. Uh, and you know that that was the pitching approach. It was mostly it was just good to see Kershaw back on the mound. You know, it's been a couple months. He's been such a big part of this team, and he has potential to be a huge part of this team in October, even if he's the fourth starter. And that's a lot of what they're doing over this next, you know, he's going to get a few more starts and they're going to see, okay, are you our fourth starter? Are you a long man out of the bullpen? Are we doing piggyback starts? What are we going to do? And this was the first step in figuring that out. And after, you know, a weekend of dominant starting pitching where Julio and Bueller each went seven, Scherzer went eight, you know, they, they could afford for Kershaw to only go four. And still, I mean, their bullpen's pretty darn well rested right now, uh, all things considered, as they go into, uh, you know, Tony Gonsolin's start on Tuesday or on when, whatever day, Tuesday, uh, he, you don't know what to expect from him either as far as length goes. So it's good that they have a relatively rested bullpen. Uh, and then you get back into the the real starters, the, the horses. And it's nice to feel the Dodgers kind of getting back to that spot where they can start expecting their starters to go a little bit deeper. So so that's exciting for me as a Dodger fan. So I'm going to come back in a little bit. I'm going to talk about the offense in this game. Uh, and, you know, they they kind of broke it, broke out a little bit, and it could have been even more. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that. So keep it locked on Dodgers. We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on to start another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source 
for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Okay, I am back. Uh, in this game, you know, the offense scored five runs. They had 11 hits. Uh, Cody Bellinger had another double. Uh, he looked pretty good. He didn't, uh, I don't think he struck out at all, which is a few games in a row now that he hasn't struck out. He's been, he's still missing the ball. So, I mean, even his double came after he hit what should have been a pop out, but uh, the the Diamondbacks catcher couldn't corral it, and he got second life and he took advantage and hit the ball hard down the line. I think I heard Or Hershiser say it was Bellinger's second hardest hit ball of the season, uh, so he he's looking better. And you know, obviously, you can't just go, oh, this game he looked good, so he's good now. Uh, but when you know that he has made changes to his batting stance and uh, and his approach. And we're starting to see different results. Uh, I'm more comfortable putting two and two together in the, than if there was no explanation for the results because uh, unexplained results are harder to count on. Uh, but when you we feel like he's made an adjustment and maybe it's working, it's enough to get you maybe at least a little bit excited that he can contribute to this team and down the stretch and in October. Uh, Justin Turner had another homer. He's He's been struggling a little bit. I think he also had a double uh, so he looked like maybe he's starting to break out a little bit. Max Muncy, even though he went 0 for 5, he hit the ball hard three times. It, like expect batting average of like 445, 20, and 730 or something like that. So he hit the ball hard. Uh, Mookie was on base a couple times. Seeger had two more hits. Overall, the Dodgers had 18 balls hit 98 miles an hour or harder, and only seven of them were hits. You know, they had five outs that had expected batting averages over 500. So they scored five runs on 11 hits, but it easily could have been more. And that's kind of what we need more of. You know, the the, the feeling last year and, and in some of these Dodgers teams over the past several years has been, even on an off game, we can put up four or five runs. And this year there's been more of that an off game. It's like, oh, are we going to get even three runs, even two runs? And uh, this was kind of one of those games where, the Dodgers missed some opportunities. You know, they had some bad luck on balls in play. They left some guys on base, uh, but they still had five runs on 11 hits. And so when you can say, and yeah, it's the Diamondbacks that you definitely have to take into account, but it was Zach Gallon. Zach Gallon is actually a pretty good pitcher. He struggled in the first inning and then he settled down and he's, he's a good pitcher. And so uh, it's one of those games where you can see, okay, we struggled and we still put up five runs on 11 hits and, didn't blow out the Diamondbacks, but it wasn't really a close game. And so that's kind of what I would love to see more of from these Dodgers, where even the bad offensive games, you, you score five runs and have 11 hits. And, uh, you know, one of the big keys there is the long ball. I, I, Justin Turner hit a home run. That's a big deal. Home runs are a big deal. Uh, there's always been talk over the last several years, are the Dodgers too dependent on the home run or whatever? And, and you know, Maybe, but that's kind of the way the game is these days. And the fact is you get a run, at least one run, every time you hit a home run. Sometimes you get two or three runs. And that's, you know, when the Dodgers hit home runs, they are at their best and they don't need to hit only home runs. We saw uh, in this game, especially with the speed of guys like Lux and, and, and Trey Turner and Cody Bellinger and whoever, uh, they they can score 
uh, on hits too. Uh, but an occasional home run is really nice because you get those runs on the board and it's an easy way to, to stack up some runs. And, you know, when, when your pitching is as dominant as the Dodgers pitching has been, yeah, they're only going to allow one or two runs a game. So getting that home run is like, we, we're almost there. And, uh, you know, if they are too dependent on the home run, I hope they will uh, start hitting more home runs uh, because that's the that's the key to success. I, I really believe in this day and age of baseball. And yeah, not swinging for the fences. And and I one of my pet peeves is when whenever a Dodgers player gets out, Dodgers Twitter explodes and oh he they need to just try to put the bat on the ball, take a better approach. They're just swinging for the fences. And I don't think that's it. I think you know it, some people. I think there's a common misunderstanding of what launch angle and exit velocity really mean. Uh, because the fact is we've been talking as long as baseball players have been hitting, they've been talking about launch exit, launch angle and exit velocity. They just haven't been calling it by those names because you know what? Hit a hard line drive. You've been hearing that forever since literally. Well, what does hard mean? It means exit velocity. What does line drive mean? It means launch angle, exit velocity and launch angle, you know, especially launch angle. People think that launch angle, launch angle means the higher you hit it, the better. That is not the case. Launch angle means there is this range where if you hit the ball in the 18 to 30 degree launch angle range or whatever it is, I don't know the exact you know, optimal numbers, but you are going to be more successful. You're going to get hits more often. If you get the right backspin and you hit it hard enough, you know, a 27 degree line drive is often going to be a home run. You know, that, that's what launch angle and exit velocity are. It, it means hit hard line drives. And the Dodgers did that in this game. They had some hard line drives. Justin Turner hit a hard line drive that went over the wall. You know, Trey Turner just missed one. He he flied out to center field that was almost a home run. Uh, Corey Seager, the next batter, almost hit one out, just barely missed it. And then JT got his. It was three batters in a row that very easily could have been three straight home runs uh, because they were hitting the ball hard. And, uh, and Corey and Trey just didn't quite get the right launch angle. Um, but, you know, batters aren't up there thinking about specific numbers. They're, you know, in their training, they are, okay, here is what I need to do that gives me the best chance of hitting a, a good launch angle uh, line drive. Uh, they're, they're not up there thinking, I need to hit the ball 23 degrees. They're thinking, okay, if I do this and this and this, I have a good chance of hitting it at an optimal launch angle. Whether they know that number or not doesn't really matter uh, because their training is built in. And so, you know, that it's kind of a lazy argument that you see sometimes about, oh, they're just swinging for the fence all the time because they're not. But yeah, their approach doesn't change much because whether they're, you know, Sometimes if there's two strikes and, and there's a runner on third and less than two outs, yeah, you need to put the ball in play. And so maybe you do need to change your approach there. But most of the time, a guy's best chance of getting a hit is doing the things that he's most comfortable doing. And, you know, very few hitters can actually change their approach based on the count or whatever. There have been some, and they are in the Hall of Fame. You know, but most hitters, your best chance is go up there and do what you do best and hope that it hope that it goes well. Uh, and, and that's what the Dodgers basically do. And that's why I, I said last week, they're going to come out of the slump. We just don't know when. And they showed signs in this game of coming out of that, that slump. And that was exciting to me. So I'm going to come back in a minute. I'm going to talk specifically about Corey Seager and Trey Turner and some comparisons and, you know, what is on the Dodgers plate decision wise this off season. So keep it locked on Dodgers. 
Hey, does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends logging for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. This episode is also brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. You know that. We've told you that before. You, If you've gone to an auto parts store, they don't have the part you need. They, they either have a generic part or they will order in a part for you. Then you got to go back and pick it up. Well, guess what? You have the internet. That's how you're listening to a podcast or watching it on YouTube. You can go to rockauto.com and you can order the part yourself because they have a very easy to use website where you can just look up your make and model of car. They'll list all the parts that they have available and you can order it and they'll deliver it straight to your house. And the best part is it costs a bunch less too, 30, 50, even hundred percent, you know, more at the auto parts store than what you're going to pay at rockauto.com. I've saved hundreds and hundreds of dollars using rock auto. I'm not saying that because they ad- advertise with us. I'm saying it because it's true. I found out about them reading this ad and I went to them for my auto parts needs and I saved, you know, over a thousand dollars in one uh, instance because I needed new, I forget even what it was, shocks for my Suburban and the dealership quoted me 1600 and I got them on rock auto for like 400 bucks. So, you know, whatever it is you're doing, I can't guarantee you'll save a thousand bucks but you will be happier because it will cost you less. There will be less hassle. You won't have to go into a gross auto parts store and they'll deliver it straight to your house. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com. So uh, interesting thing I saw on Twitter uh, this uh, on Monday was that in the time since uh, since Trey Turner came to the Dodgers, you know, he's been a spark plug. Everybody's loved Trey Turner, and, and I'm included in that. Corey Seager has actually hit better than Trey Turner since then, uh, by quite a bit, actually. Corey Seager has been hitting the ball really well lately since he came off the injured list. He is uh, looking pretty darn good. And, you know, Trey's speed is definitely a weapon. You know, Corey is not as fast as Trey Turner. Uh, you know, they haven't been going crazy with Trey Turner speed in terms of stolen bases, but he is already fourth on the team in stolen bases. And he's only been with the team for what a month and a half, maybe. Uh, and overall his base running has been great. You know, this game on, on Monday, he could have scored from first on Corey Seager's single in the first inning. Uh, he's so fast, you know, where Seager hit it into the gap in, in right center, there wasn't really a chance for Seager to get a double, but Turner's so fast, and that's a long throw. He probably could have scored, but there was only one out, so they held him up just to be safe, and he ended up scoring anyway. Uh, but, you know, scoring for first on a single is one of my favorite things. It doesn't happen very often, but that's the kind of thing that, that Trey Turner brings you. He, his speed is game-changing, and Seager doesn't have that. But he's played really good defense, solid defense since coming back, and he definitely has a better arm than Trey Turner. You know, I, I've almost been wondering if if Corey Seager had some nagging injury 
that we didn't know about that was causing some of the defensive issues earlier in the year. Uh, and then, you know, resting that broken hand gave whatever nagging injury it was time to heal too. Uh, because he seems like he's been quite a bit better defensively, uh, a little bit more rangy, uh, just seems more smooth out there. And so it's going to be so interesting to see, <coughs> excuse me, what the Dodgers do with Corey Seager this offseason. Because, you know, it, it's it's a tough decision. Seager's going to be a free agent. He's not maybe going to command quite the contract that he thought he might come into the year just because, you know, the injury that he hasn't been overall, he hasn't hit like he did in the postseason last year. And I think maybe that was what some people were expecting or hoping for, uh, but he's been a good solid hitter and there's still a few weeks left to, to bolster that. But, you know, is Corey going to be looking for a one-year pillow contract to maybe reestablish some of that value? Or is he going to be going for, you know, maybe just accepting, okay, I'm not going to get the 10 years and 300 million, but I can still get, you know, six years and 170 million or something and go with that. I, I don't know. Uh, and, and that'll, you know, he's a Scott Boris client, which always has an impact on what happens with the Dodgers and negotiations. Uh, you know, and I don't even know what I want the answer to be because, you know, I, I love Corey Seager and what we see in this offense, you know, uh, I, I think in the last time when I was talking about how the Dodgers can have a kind of an off night and still score five runs and have 11 hits. And some of that is just because of the length they have in the lineup. If, if Cody Bellinger is hitting, you know, Austin Barnes even had two hits in that game on Monday, you know, they basically one through eight, you had guys who can hit the ball. And that is a big deal. You know, Gavin Lux has been hitting, Corey's been hitting. And so they have all that length in their lineup. And uh, Corey Seager is a big part of that. He's a, you know, I don't know if he's ever been overall for a season, their best hitter, uh, maybe actually his rookie year. But, uh, you know, he's just a solid, a very good hitter uh, when he's healthy. He's one of the best hitters in baseball, honestly, when he's healthy. And and we've seen that. And so, but a team signing him, whether it's the Dodgers re-signing him or somebody signing him in free agency, is kind of having to bet on him being healthy, betting on his health. And, you know, the the injury this year was was a fluke. It was weird that he got uh, he, he got his hand broken by a hit by pitch. You can't say he's injury prone because of that, but he has had other injuries. And like I said, there may have been a nagging injury even before that broken hand. And so, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I have no idea what's going to happen. And like I said, I don't even know what I want to happen, except that I love Corey Seager and I'm enjoying watching him hit. And I hope he can get as hot as he was last October, starting really soon and just help carry this team for the rest of September and all the way through October, along with some of these other guys. So uh, that's my thought on Corey Seager and Trey Turner. And now to finish this up, I'm going to little get cheesy here. I'm going to get a little cheesy here, uh, but that's okay because it's my podcast. Uh, this has nothing to do with baseball or the Dodgers, but it's important to me. Uh, so I'm going to say I, I'm I'm not super serious on here all the time. But, uh, you know, one of my heroes passed away last week, and I spent Monday morning at his funeral. Uh, his name was Gary Keach. He was an assistant principal and principal at schools here in the local district where I live uh, in Pleasant Grove, Utah. Uh, he and his wife, they also opened a local fast food place that has employed like seemingly half the teenagers who've lived in Pleasant Grove the past 30 years, uh, including my daughter currently there. She works there right now. Uh, and I spent hours and hours in his living room in the the 12 years that I knew him, uh, you know, learning from him how to be a better husband, a better dad, and a better person. You know, he was almost 84 years old. 
Well, I wish he had lived to be 184. Uh, he was a wonderful man. Gary Keach is basically who I want to be when I grow up, uh, and I miss him already. And I wanted to to give a shout out to him because uh, I love him. I love his family, uh, and I miss him. And uh, yeah, I appreciate you guys indulging me in that here on my podcast. So thank you for that. Thank you for listening. Uh, we always enjoy talking about the Dodgers with you guys every day. If you're not listening every day, we would love if you add, you know, maybe you like want to watch on YouTube once in a while. You know, you're usually a podcast guy, but sometimes you want to sit down and watch it on YouTube. Yeah, that would be awesome. You know, add one or two days a month to your rotation. That would be a big help for us. Obviously, if you have friends or family who love the Dodgers as much as you do, uh, maybe they'll love the podcast as much as you do too. So tell them about it and, uh, you know, we'll see. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at LockedOnDodgers. Uh, Vince is on Twitter at Vince Samperio. I am on Twitter at Snydog. Our email address is LockedOnDodgers at gmail.com. And our phone number for voicemails or texts is 323-863-LOCK-5625. We are here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be here with us. When you get in your car or sit on your couch, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Betting on baseball doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts.